Hi, this is Mark. I'm one of the senior pastors from Hope Church Malmesbury. I want to personally thank you for downloading or listening online to this sermon cast from Hope Church. We, we share these messages because they really spoke to us. We value their, their content and uh, the anointing that's upon them. And I pray that they bring a fresh revelation of God's love for you today. And if you're able to support the work of Hope Church and the cost of sharing these messages online, then you can go to our website, www.thehope.church give and follow the instructions on that page. And if you're every mum's on a Sunday morning, you will always receive a very warm welcome at Hope Church. And now let's join today's message. Good morning. We're so glad you could join with us this morning. Welcome to Hope Church. This morning, we will be by the Sea of Galilee with Jesus and his fishermen friends. So I thought I'd try and start this message as Pastor Mark so often does with a joke or two. Okay, you ready? How do you communicate with a fish? Drop it a line. What kind of music should you be listening to whilst fishing? Something catchy, of course. And a man in a restaurant asked the waiter, What's wrong with this fish? The waiter replied, Long time no see, sir. (laughs) Okay, maybe I should stick to what I'm good at. Let's get on with this morning's message. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 5 and join me as we continue our study walking attentively through the account of Jesus as found in Luke. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signalled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Gosh, there's so much in that text. Walking so very slowly through the book of Luke over these past months has caused me to notice so very many different things than ever before. You see, these are familiar stories, but looking at them in this intense way has thrown up a whole load of interesting things. 
Now, today's passage is very much about a man called Simon, and that's Simon Peter. It's the one who Jesus changes his name in the future to Peter. So sometimes I'll call him Simon, and sometimes I'll call him Peter by mistake, I'm sure. Uh, But it's Simon Peter. It is who you think it is. Now, today's passage caused me to notice something I've never seen before. Now, it's not groundbreaking news, but I think it's interesting enough to share with you. I've always thought of this account of Jesus by the lake of Gennesaret, which, by the way, is also called the Sea of Galilee. I always thought of this account as these disciples' first ever encounter with Jesus. But it might not be their first encounter of Jesus. You see, if you look back at Luke chapter 4, verse 38, Jesus visited Simon Peter's house and healed his mother-in-law. Pastor Mark preached about it last week. This means that Jesus may already have a friendship with Simon Peter when he helps himself to the boat as his preaching platform. You know, this means that when Jesus tells Simon to put out his nets for a haul of fish, Simon Peter may have already seen Jesus perform miracles. This means that if this chronology of their relationship, then I have no clue when Jesus and Simon Peter actually met. Was it at the synagogue after the deliverance of the demonised man? Was it further back? Was it at Jesus's baptism? Was it somewhere else? I don't know. And that's okay. So it is important, though, to mention here that many of the gospel stories are not necessarily chronological accounts. And the Gospel of Matthew has some of these stories or similar stories. It has a calling of the disciples to leave their fishing boats, to come away and be fishers of men, which does occur separately to the account of Jesus preaching from the deck of a boat. And in Matthew, the call of the disciples does come before the healing of Simon Peter's mother-in-law. So we can't really be sure what the correct chronological order is to the fisherman's relationship with Jesus. But I just think it's interesting to think that when we read this story of the call of these disciples, it is possible that they may all have already spent some time with Jesus prior to these events. Anyway, let's get fully into that passage in Luke chapter 5, starting at verse 1. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, or the Sea of Galilee. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So picture the scene. The crowd are pressing upon Jesus to hear what he has to say. He sees the boats and he comes up with a genius plan to be able to teach them all. You see, Jesus the word of God, understood that if he spoke to the crowd from within the crowd, right there by the lake's edge, only the closest to him would be able to hear his voice. However, if he was slightly further out, he could preach for more people to be able to hear his voice. Jesus was a solution seeker. He always found a way to accomplish his call. The fishing boat 
provided both a platform to raise him up and it gave him that small distance from the front row of people that would otherwise have muffled his voice. Then, when the boat is pushed out from shore, I love that Jesus sits down to take his time to preach to the people in a relaxed way. You know, sometimes when you see powerful preachers of the word, they're shouting and hitting the lectern in passion. And that's fine. I quite like that myself. (gasps) Passionate preaching is important. But Jesus is showing us that it's totally okay and still powerful to preach from a seated position, something I have been doing most of lockdown. It's the message, not the method, that's important. Jesus seated in the boat makes this a nice, calm, intimate, friendly approach with no intent to rush away. I like this picture. I love that Jesus found a way to talk to all these people who had been pressing on him, so desperate, so hungry for more of God. Now, if Luke's order of events is chronological, it seems possible that these people had probably witnessed miraculous healings outside of Simon's mother-in-law's house. And, And they're now desiring to know more about the one who could perform such miracles. So that brings me to teaching point number one. If you want to experience more from God, be persistent. Press in. He actually responds very well to our pressing him for more. God loves you to come with desire and reach out hungrily to hear from him. Matthew 5 verse 6, Jesus says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And Jesus tells us, even in Luke later on, that persistence is good when he tells the story of a persistent widow. You can find the story in Luke 18, verse 1 to 8. This is what it says. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while. But finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, Learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? It's a good question. When Jesus returns to earth, how many will he find who have faith? Or how many will he find have fallen away because instead of pressing in, pray and keep on praying, ask and keep on asking, knock and keep on knocking, instead of pressing in, they've wandered away, disappointed. 
I promise you, it's a good message. Teaching point number one, if you want more of God in your life, press in. Philippians 3 verse 13 to 15 says this, One thing I do, says Paul, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. Right, let's return to the scene by the Sea of Galilee. When Jesus gets into the boat, the fishermen are not in their boats. They're off washing their nets. Now, this is because they would have just finished work. They fished overnight and the way that they fished was with flat nets with little weights sewn around the edges that are thrown out flat into the sea. The net would drop down over the fish and then like a drawstring bag, the ropes held by the fishermen would be pulled to close the net around the fish and to haul them into the boat. Except that night they'd caught nothing. Now, this style of fishing required really good care of the nets. I'm guessing that this style of fishing means you would haul anything floating around in the sea that gets caught under the net. They would need to regularly remove seaweed and other debris from the nets, and any little holes would need patching. But Simon Peter had to leave the very important net cleaning to help Jesus get his message out. Which brings me to teaching point number two. Sometimes we might have to leave very important tasks in order to help Jesus get his message out. It's a good one. Don't get so caught in your daily duties that you risk missing the miraculous moments. Always be open to change ready to react to a situation and become an integral part of Jesus's message to the people around you. Now, I know that this is a huge challenge to some of you listening. And honestly, I know how you feel. I really struggle with changing my plans. But practice does make perfect. I can testify that the more I have overcome my discomfort in the change of plans and got on with it, the more able I have become to deal with the next change of plans challenge that comes along. So please don't rest on a diagnosis that says you can't cope with change because God will not ask of you something he knows you cannot do. So If you have to change your plans unexpectedly to serve him, you can absolutely rely on the fact that you are able to do it. And the bonus is that as you do it, you realise that you can. And this is stretching. It feels like stress, but a better way to think of feeling stressed is stretched. Because in fact, It might reshape you or make you more flexible for future opportunities. If Jesus needs you to change your plans, let him stretch you. Jesus asked Simon Peter to put the boat out a little way. Simon Peter didn't say, in a moment, after I finish washing my nets, this can't dry on, you know, it'll break the net. 
Simon Peter left the net. He just did it. And he enabled Jesus to bring his message to all the people gathered. Then, Jesus shows that blessing always follows obedience and service. Verse 4 to 6. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they'd done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. Jesus, the preacher, tells the fishermen what to do to get a haul of fish. Brings us to teaching point number three. You may have expertise in an area. However, God knows more than you. Always be prepared to do things his way, even if it flies against your understanding and knowledge. Remember this. These are not hobby fishermen like you see around our local rivers. These are fishermen. It's how they make their living. It's how they take care of their families. No fish means no other provisions for their families. A good haul of fish for these men is a necessity for life. But now Simon Peter needs to take a big step of faith to change his plans, to do something he knows from experience is unlikely to work out and to do it despite how he's feeling. You know, Simon and his fellow fishermen must be extremely tired by this point. He says they toiled all night. This implies it was hard work. They probably kept hauling in a load of rubbish and no fish. No wonder the nets needed cleaning. How downhearted he must have been feeling that morning when he was cleaning his nets. How tired of his life he may have felt that morning when Jesus stepped into his boat. Teaching point number four. Jesus may ask more of you when you think you're already at the end of your rope. And the bonus is, if you respond, you will be rewarded and you do unleash the miraculous. Truthfully, this is a challenge of ministry. It's common for ministers to become tired physically, spiritually and emotionally. And I know how it feels to be completely drained on every level, to have nothing left. I also know that Jesus sometimes asks more of me at that very moment. Now, everything in me says, make an excuse. You don't have to go. Tell everyone how bad you're feeling. They'll understand. You cannot do this. There's nothing left. You'll make it worse by turning up when you feel this way. But in the times I've ignored those feelings and pushed that weariness aside, and I mean proper weariness, when I've responded to the call, God has always shown his power through it. I have always had the strength I thought I couldn't possibly find. And I have always felt better at the end of it. 
far too many of us would say, Jesus, come back tomorrow. I just can't handle it anymore. Please don't ask any more of me now. Please just let me have a little rest. I'll be much more able to serve you, Jesus, if I go home for a nap first. Jesus asks more of you when you think you're finished because he wants to show you that where you end, he begins. Doing things in your own strength is never his purpose. He doesn't call you because he thinks you're strong enough or clever enough or able enough to take on the tasks he places on you. He calls you because you're willing enough and that is it. You bring nothing to the table. Sorry, that's harsh, but true. When you have nothing to offer, no talent, no energy, you can rely on him. And that's when the magic happens. If you feel you are lacking, my friend, I want you to know something. God completes you. All you need to do is be willing. Simon Peter was willing. He said, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And Simon Peter gets the best lesson of his life because going with Jesus's plan, even when it goes against your own logic and reason, is always the best choice to make. And the bonus is that when we do as God says, it can positively affect many more people than just ourselves. Read from verse 6. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat, come and help them. And they came and they filled both the boats so that they began to sink. All the fishermen had to get involved. All the fishermen got to share in the blessing. Simon was the one who was obedient, but the blessing wasn't reserved for just him. His obedience released blessing that was multiplied in abundance and poured out upon them all. Verse 8. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. When God pours out his blessing upon us, it can be a very sobering moment. Simon Peter falls down to the ground, overwhelmed by such mercy and grace and love poured out through this hall of fish. He's overcome by the awesome presence of God. And in that presence of God, Simon Peter became afraid. When we perceive the powerful presence of Almighty God, it's natural to be overwhelmed or fearful. It is very sobering to realise how big and awesome and able God is, and it can remind us of how truly undeserving we are. 
But Jesus's whole ministry on earth was for the purpose of taking the foolish and undeserving and weak people with no strength or talent of their own and turning these very people into his body to accomplish his purposes on earth. Which brings us to teaching point number five. Nobody deserves God's blessing. That's what grace is. Grace is God's undeserved favour. Jesus didn't choose Simon Peter because he was a brilliant speaker or a good writer or had any knowledge or useful skills to bring to ministry. He chose Simon Peter because he was enthusiastic, because he was obedient, because he was willing to step up, because he could let go of his plans and shift into Jesus's plan. Guys, you are valuable and you are useful to God, no matter how able you think you are. If you place yourself in his hands and let him reshape you and stretch you, you too can accomplish great things. Ephesians 2 verses 8 to 10 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Simon Peter went on to preach the word of God himself to hundreds in Acts, and he wrote some of the New Testament. He was just a fisherman, but in God's hands he became a preacher, a teacher, an author and founder of the biggest and most influential worldwide movement, Christianity. What has God planned for you? What good works are you to do? Let's circle back for a moment to a part of the story I haven't highlighted yet. Jesus told the fishermen to put out into the deep to catch their haul of fish. And I believe that God is telling every single one of us exactly that right now. So that brings us to teaching point number six. It is time for you to put out into the deep. Now, this means something different for each of us. For some of you, I've already mentioned your deep areas today. It might be that God is calling you to trust him deeper by embracing change or pressing through weariness. For others, it might be taking a risk or doing something that makes no human sense, but you have felt the Holy Spirit niggling at you about it. Now, I'm not talking about doing something risky or strange just for the sake of it. I'm talking about when God has called you to do something that feels too big or too difficult or impossible for you to do. In fact, I'd like to float the idea that if it feels like something you could accomplish on your own, in your own strength, it probably is more of a good idea than a call from God. Because God calls us to do beyond our capabilities, to show his power through us. For someone listening today, putting out into the deep is to throw your net out in a different direction. That means do something differently. 
for someone listening today, putting out into the deep means to do something that feels too big for you. Do something scary that God has called you to. For someone else listening today, putting out into the deep means to fully trust Jesus for the first time ever. It might mean, like the disciples, responding to Jesus' call on your life for the very first time. Or it might mean recommitting yourself to following Jesus more fully. You know, the deep is where you might sink. The deep is where you can't rely on having something sturdy beneath your feet. The deep is where you realise that Jesus really has hold of you. The deep is where you discover the power of Jesus for yourself. If you want to step out and follow Jesus' call on your life for the first time today or recommit your following of him, pray this prayer with me now. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that you died for me. I believe that you are risen from the dead and that you're coming back again for me. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the lost, a hunger for the things of God and a holy boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm forgiven and I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. I love the Hillsong United song called Oceans. The lyrics are so intense. Here's some of them. You call me out upon the waters, the great unknown, where feet may fail. And there I find you in the mystery, in oceans deep, my faith will stand. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Saviour. Amen. When we step out into the deep, we discover that with God, all things are possible. Matthew 19 verse 26, Jesus said, with men this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Which brings us to teaching point number seven. You can't experience the fullness of life with God from a position of comfort or safety. This sort of brings us full circle. If Simon Peter had relied upon his usual patterns for the day or the ways they always did things, he wouldn't have been able to enjoy the multiplied blessings that came. We don't fish like that, Jesus. We don't do it that way, would have blocked his blessing. Something I have grown into over my many years of walking with Jesus is to be a bit more relaxed about my plans and to become more relaxed about my ways to do something. Some of you can understand this. I know. It is a real struggle. Let me be honest with you. Many times I'm pretty sure that I can see a better way to do something. But God showed me that I cannot do everything. So if I'm not called to do that, I need to shut up. (laughs) Because believe it or not, my way isn't always the best way. (sighs) Shocking, isn't it? This is definitely a lesson I'm still working on. 
You see, Simon's Pe- Simon Peter's way had served him very well. But in this instance, listening to Jesus and adapting his technique brought a shipload of blessing. It takes courage to change the way you do things. It takes faith to trust that God may have a better way for you. And it's not always comfortable or easy. And God may even call you to more when you're really tired. But when you think you can't manage anymore, that's when you experience the awesome power from God. So let's remind ourselves of today's learning points found at the start of Luke chapter 5. Here are the teaching points. One, if you want to experience more from God, be persistent. Don't give up. Press in. Number two, sometimes we might have to leave very important tasks to help Jesus get his message out. Number three, God knows more than you do. Always be prepared to do things his way, even if it flies against your understanding and knowledge. Number four, Jesus may ask more of you when you think you are already at the end of your rope. But if you respond, you will be rewarded and unleash the miraculous in your life. Number five, nobody deserves God's blessing. Grace is God's undeserved favour. Number six, it's time for you to put out into the deep. And number seven, and because of this, you can't experience the fullness of life with God from a position of comfort or safety. So let's get out upon the waters. Let's pray as we close. Father, I thank you that you will never call us to do something we can't do. Help us to trust you more fully and to put out into the deeper areas as you call us to. Lord, help us overcome fear and comfort to serve you every day. And as we follow your call, may we bring blessing to those around us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.